This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to the Downtown Winston-Salem Podcast. Today, we have Brian DeAngelis, the new general manager for the Winston-Salem Dash here with us. Tell us, Brian, a little bit about yourself. Where are you from originally? Yeah, so uh, I was born in Pittsburgh, and um, I spent a lot of time in Pennsylvania. Um, so I grew up uh, outside of there, and I moved to State College at one point. I was with the Cardinals affiliate there. Most recently, I lived outside of Philly. I was with the uh, Phillies AAA club up there. Um, had a brief stint at Michigan State, brief stint in Baltimore with Cal Ripken and company down there, and uh, made my way down to Winston-Salem now. You know, I told you uh, that I was a Phillies fan, so I'd love to hear some about the AAA stories and some of the guys that have come through the program, but that'll be for another day. But uh, So how long have you been here in Winston-Salem officially now? Uh, it's really only been a little over two months. Um, I started with the Dash beginning of December, but that was, of course, you know, winter meetings was in Orlando, so I spent a week there, came down here a week, and then kind of got situated, moved the whole family, and so I've really been here since January with everybody and kind of settled in. How about that? I, uh, the weather here is about to really get nice. Have you been here for a spring part of the year? So that first week we moved down here, it was like 80 degrees right. around Christmas or whatever. So I found some driving ranges near my house, and I got out a little bit. So uh, that's certainly welcome because where I'm from, we don't get that too often. <laughs> my first couple of years here, just get ready for antihistamine. Yeah. Just get that, <laughs> get that boxed up before it yeah. goes in the market because the pollen season here is – like the snow season in Pennsylvania, it's yeah. it's unbelievable. That's and we're probably like a week or so away from it, but what you get in return is just an abundance of colors and just beautiful skies, and spring is definitely the best time to be in North Carolina. Yeah, well, especially if you're in the baseball business. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and so the season <laughs> starts when? For well, the we're, dash. We're, at this point, I mean, we're a little over three weeks away. Um, so, I mean, we've, we've got everything. The field's pretty well prepped. Um, we're actually talking about doing our first tarp pool coming up pretty soon and uh so i mean the field is as live as it's going to be for baseball um and we're ready to go we're excited where is the team doing their practice this year and prior to the season yeah well it's a little weird obviously as we've dealt with the lockout for so long um obviously the minor league guys have done a, a bunch of different things but um spring training is uh has, there's been workouts occurring i can say and, and while there's no official mlb activity these guys are still gearing up and they're ready to play so um the question is what players are we going to have and who's going to come and when and uh even some of those guys you know pending you know lockout does that mean the 40 man uh we need to shift guys up to charlotte which means some guys will be shifted you you know up or down from from our level uh so that's all to be seen but hopefully ironed out pretty soon here yeah so folks that like to watch the player shift from place to place and kind of follow the prospects on their uh on their uh little uh, prospect list is going to be exciting uh, times and what's the uh, opening day here yeah, so we're opening on April 8th, and um, it's going to be a lot of baseball at once. So April 8th, we're going to start. We have three games. We got one game off for travel day, and then we got six. So it's nine games in ten days to open the season. So it's a lot of baseball. Nine home games in a row? Nine with one with one break in between on the fourth day. So, yeah. That's great. And I like that, and that helps kind of with travel uh, with the minor league programs, right? That's something that uh, came out of the last collective bargaining agreement. Exactly. So that, that was a big focus, you know, through 2020 when they, they dropped the affiliation of about 30 clubs. And um, so when they did that, the focus was to uh, restructure the season. Part of that had to do with COVID, of course, and minimizing long travel or where you are in one place. But it's just travel overall. So when you look at the average, 
average uh, you know, duration of a minor league, that, a minor league player that's on a bus, right? They're trying to minimize that as much as they can, especially at this level, because they're not flying or anything like that. Um, so I think they did a pretty good job. For the most part, the schedule is like six home games, one travel day, and then six away games, and you alternate. And then there's some holidays where it you know, mixes in and gets a little weird. But uh, for the most part, it's a pretty consistent schedule. And I think that um, – I can tell you that on the MLB side, um, a lot of the uh, field directors don't like it as much, but um, players, front office staff, uh, we all prefer it by far. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of things in life where you have, like, even our police department, they have four days on, four days off. Exactly. Or, um, but you get the full rotation of the pitching staff, so you feel like it's like a little minor series, right, instead of a three-game homestand where, you know, you kind of feel unfulfilled if you just – Maybe you won two out of three or you lost two out of three, but one of those could have gone either way. When you get a five-game or a six-game, you know you got the best of them. So I can tell you, and I'm a little bit uh, – I'm walking a line here, and so I'll, I'll choose my words wisely, but what we saw happen, and at the AAA level was a little bit different, so I'm speaking for that last year. But because we had these long series, these rivalries would really heat up because you know somebody threw at somebody in the right. third game, and you still got them three more times. I had more bench-clearing brawls last season than I had my entire minor league career. Um, and, and that's why. I mean, these guys are seeing each other so often, and they're developing these rivalries. So from, from a player and a safety standpoint and everything, I get it. That's not what you want. You don't want people fighting, of course. But from a, from a fan perspective, I can tell you people were a little more invested. They started hating the Yankees a little more. They started hating the whoever a little more for that exact reason. So I think that kind of helped in some ways. One of the things I liked about the realignment, too, with the teams that we play with Greensboro and Hickory being on our rosters is that we started getting some of their fans coming as away fans to our stadium, and they got a little loud, and that kind of like felt pretty cool to see some loud out, outside fans. I felt like I was at a Mets-Phillies game. Yeah, well, you need that. I mean, that's that's what it is, right? And it's the rivalries. I'm sitting here, and I'm in like Duke, North Carolina territory, and I got an introduction to that last week where my neighborhood just erupted during that game. <laughs> so that we kind of want that at our stadium, right? Where you get the away fans. I mean, it's kind of cool, and you, you want the, the fans to be cheering. And you don't want an environment where we're so overrun that you don't know who scored if you're the bathroom right but like it's cool whenever you can see both both sides kind of rooting for their squad and uh, we, we love that I love the uh, Carolina League you know I, I've lived here for I guess 17 years but I remember seeing Bull Durham but the Carolina League is maybe you know I guess they have the California League and that's a minor uh, single A club still our uh, league two they played each other one year do they still do that each year yeah, so there, there's been so many weird changes now when they, they drop some affiliations and they create these new leagues. And so now, because of travel, they've broadened this a lot where you're going to see a lot of cases where the affiliates are going to have like 20 teams in the East and 10 in the West. There's just less total teams in the West, right? There's less markets. So it's harder to balance those two playing. And so you're seeing a lot of these divisions break up in twos or threes. And then you're going to have like a first half champ and a back half champ. And so it's gotten a little weird. I hope that they do that. That was always a big thing for us in Triple A where uh, it was televised. I mean, it was during the All-Star break, you'd have that. And then during National Championship Week, you'd have the East play the West. And um, it was a big, just one game, one game series, right? But I mean, it meant a lot to those folks. And you could kind of pull for you know, the International League or the Pacific Coast League winner, and, and that kind of represented your league for that game. So I'm hoping we get back to that, and I think that, you know, once we get these negotiations over with, we can start to refocus on those things because the postseason all but went away for minor league baseball, and, and a lot of that was COVID-related, but um, now that we're past that, I think it should come back. Yeah, I think so too. I think people are really eager to get out and see the games. 
Um, Brian, as uh, you know, getting out and seeing the games for the fans, anything that they should uh, expect uh, will stay the same or maybe change this year with you being the new general manager? Yeah, so in terms of what's staying the same, um, listen, the Dash have done really well, and we know there's some great promotions that have already occurred, and so we have no intention of changing any of those. You're still going to have your 4 for 44 Chick-fil-A Saturdays. You're going to have your Thirsty Thursdays, Pups in the Park, right? I mean, all those classics that everybody loves. Um, what I'm bringing to the Dash specifically, though, is going to be uh, more of your, your one-game promotions and your overall themes and things like that that uh, minor league baseball has kind of become known for nationally. Um, but the Dash specifically haven't really done too many of those things. So, you know, when you see these crazy one-offs and, uh, you know, we're doing the left-handed awareness night or, um, you know, those weird things that, that you've probably seen. And a lot of people talk about the Savannah Bananas or whatever, right? That's more of what I'm going to be bringing this year. Um, and that, that's a piece of it. The other piece is just your ballpark experience. So when you go to a game, you know, what makes your experience better? So from like an on-field perspective with the on-field games, entertainment, music, themes, all that's important, but we also put in dash and go, uh, which is certain seating sections, <clears throat> excuse me, upstairs and downstairs, where you can have in-seat weight, uh, weight service. I'm the kind of guy, I'm a little bit lazy, I guess, but I don't want to have to get up and stand in line for my beer. I just want to like push a button and someone bring it to me. So we have that now. Um, we've totally redone a lot of the um, facility as well. We're going to see some improvements this year and next year where um, we have more beer options. So um, we still have, Foothills has been a great partner forever. Foothills is still going to be with the Dash, and um, we actually have a great agreement we, we came to with them. But we're bringing in a lot of other partners, too, to have a, a wide variety because we know that that's what people want, um, and so we're providing that this year. And uh, in doing that, we're actually building some new areas in the ballpark as well. Um, you're going to see a couple new bars, a couple new um, fun interactive spaces, um, some Instagrammable spaces that we have. So we're really trying to make it a, a one-stop shop for your night entertainment. It's still family-friendly, affordable, um, and that's what we're going to deliver even as, as early as this year. Brian, that sounds great. I really am looking forward to that. I know a lot of uh, people that enjoy that part of uh, the social aspects of going to the game are going to enjoy that too. I tell you, the uh, the thing about the dash, I love the uh, mascot bolt, yeah. and uh, you know, I think uh, I always remember taking my kids to the game, and my uh, oldest one was scared, or my youngest one was scared to death of bolt. He would run as soon as he saw him, but now he's not afraid of him anymore. Yeah. Do you get a lot of that with kids that are afraid of the mascots, like in your experience? Well, what's weird is. I I had it with my own kids, you know, and they're at the ballpark more than anybody in the world. And they still, at certain ages, they would just run. Um, but now, you know, as they've gotten a little bit older, they're they're looking for them and they're going out and hugging them. So now I'm gonna, have to, you know, when I move down here, I got to introduce them to a brand new mascot, and we'll see how it goes. Now, fortunately, <laughs> they're a little accustomed to a bleacher creature because they've been they've seen the fanatic a lot, and they've they kind of know what's going on. So I don't think Bolt's gonna be too scary, but. Um, it is going to be a new experience for him. I love going to the games because each half inning you get uh, something that just always enthralls me. You expect to see a lot of the same activities in the inning breaks. Yeah, we, we will. There's going to be some of the classics, but uh, part of what I was talking about before is like when you do a theme and you, you create the full experience in one night, it's how does that look for your entire ballpark presentation? And, and that's what we're going to – uh, change and, and in most ways enhance and um, we've kind of got known for doing that in Lehigh Valley and people would come to expect like if we just put on a normal game people would be like what happened like why why is this occurring <laughs> they would just have to watch the baseball um, it became so prevalent but uh, we're going to ease into it this year do some ones that are really good that work really well um, and I can't give away a lot of the surprises you're gonna have to come out to the ballpark to see them obviously but um, that's a major focus of ours for this year.
Right. And um, I know you guys are really strong in all of your social medias. You have a very strong Instagram account and Facebook. And uh, obviously your website has a ton of traffic on it. And um, the the upcoming season, um, who are some of the – are there any new teams that are not uh, – that you didn't play last year that are playing in your league this year maybe? Uh, so, no, there's no new teams. Now, it's, it's new relative to when the uh, reorganization occurred. So there's still some that, based on the travel schedule and COVID schedule, we may not have played at home. I'm going to have to do some research on that one specifically. Um, but since the league has widened, um, we're getting a lot more of those teams that before we never were able to see. Like, you know, Brooklyn and Aberdeen were part of the old New York Penn League, and then whenever the reorganization happened, they were able to join high A, and, and now we're playing those teams. Hudson Valley is another one that's in that category that we weren't able to play before. So... Um, as you look at the schedule and you can, you know, uh, budget it out, there's probably some games and some teams that people have never seen in this community that will be to come in town. So I know I've met two New Yorkers randomly in the last two days. We're both Mets fans. And I'm like, well, Brooklyn is, is in high A and that's a team that we play. So now we have an option for you. Yeah. That'd be a nice game to go to as a player out to uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn's awesome. They have an amazing facility. Yeah. yeah most people don't realize Brooklyn's part of Long Island. <laughs> well and but it sits i mean it sits right there on coney island i mean it's it's really amazing you're overlooking the water uh, most people wish they would like turn around because the staten island stadium was the one that really had the backdrop in new york city and brooklyn doesn't but it's on coney like you can walk from the boardwalk into the ballpark which wow. is crazy I gotta try to check that out i um well i'm really excited about the season and i want to thank you for uh, coming by but before you go i did want to just briefly talk about some of the development you know the um, around the ballpark and this is something that uh, we've had an explosion of downtown housing and I don't know if people know this or not but Porter Jones the uh, same developer from Charlotte that um, developed uh, is the uh, West End Station project and this is for most of the downtown folks if they're still listening to the podcast Um, he's in the process of finishing the Easley project which is near the baseball stadium I think if you could if you could hit a ball 700 feet from home plate, you could probably hit the easily. Or, but I don't think anybody can hit a 700 foot home run. <laughs> Maybe it'd be born that, but not by much. But you know, he is building another project, the Artro project, which is north of Martin Luther King. But he just put out the public notice that he's building his fourth housing project right across the street from the Easley. And so that's more development around the baseball stadium. And I know that's going to spark even more consideration of what is becoming rapidly diminishing available land for development around the baseball stadium. Right, right. Yeah, actually, um, weirdly enough, I spoke with the Easley yesterday, and um, a lot of their folks, well, there's some at home and some out of Raleigh, of course, and um, uh, they're excited. They're actually talking about partnership on how they're going to uh, allot some um, ticket availability for the residents to be able to go and kind of house some nights out there, and obviously West End Station already does something similar to that. and um, So it's actually becoming a really nice um, just communal gathering that people in those different um, housing facilities can come and have a place to meet, and actually we considered that to an extent whenever we were redesigning what our stadium is going to look like and some of the changes we're going to make over the next two years and um, I can tell you definitively that our center field bar is going to be probably one of our most attractive spots and in, in our right field bar which are both in perfect view of each of those uh, those housing developments there in the apartments um, they're going to have an awesome setup where you can literally walk right out your front door into a gate that's in front of that that specific bar and hangout area and you're right there even if you just got a general admission ticket or whatever you want to hang out with some friends um we've considered those so yeah i mean the development's great um 
only a minor inconvenience getting to our offices right now, but that's going to be cleaned up soon. And um, it's a it's a great looking facility. I mean, I don't know if you have a chance to tour those either um, either one of those over there yet, but they're they're really nice. I'm going to make it a point and do some. Uh some we have a, bo- a blog that we keep up to date on a lot of development but we'll be moving our offices here soon too i know you're being relocated and so so are we and it'll be a little bit of a new story when people figure out where we're moving to so i'll that'll be uh uh fyi in a in about a couple of weeks uh for our listeners which i think people will be interested to hear that but brian i want to thank you so much for coming by being a part of our downtown podcast I want to thank you for your work at the Dash and uh, a long belated welcome to downtown Winston-Salem, and we appreciate what you do. No, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it, and I look forward to all the things that we can do. And um, you know, There's so much great stuff going on downtown, as you already mentioned, but uh, there's more to come, so I'm, I'm just excited to be a part of it. April 8th, everybody, is uh, opening day, and uh, who are you playing on the 8th? Playing Hickory. Opening with Hickory, and we've got Greensboro right after that. All right, guys, that's a great way to start. Thanks, Brian. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.